Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams, brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Well, hi there. Welcome back to Boating Insights. My name is Neil Driscoll, and today the insights or insights that I'm sharing with you are around seabirds. So, what I'm what I'm wanting to look at specifically today is where you would be sleeping and setting up the boat for uh, you know being at sea and being comfortable and safe and secure accessible and um, all that good stuff so just give you a little kind of bit of a lead into this so it's a topic that I've spent you know, well an area I've spent a huge amount of my life um, you know, living and breathing. I think for I worked it out because I have to uh, submit my kind of annual uh, sea time we used to for a long time, and then worked out for a seven-year period in my twenties. I was um, I actually spent more nights at sea than um, and actively kind of at sea on passages and trips than I did even actually inside any country um, anywhere in the world. So. I have spent quite a lot of time you know, on a variety of seabirds, ranging from very, very comfortable through to um, really giving you an opportunity to feel like you're getting a getting a chance to be at one with the elements. Um, funnily enough, the stuff where you feel a bit more like you're at one with the elements can actually often be some of the most suitable seabirds. So the less can sometimes be more, and I'm going to explore that with you a little bit as we go on. The other reason I wanted to bring this one up is it's something where um, some boats it's been thought about uh, you know a huge amount of detail other boats it hasn't necessarily been a kind of front of mind consideration and if it's not something which you feel was probably thought about that much in the design stage of your boat then I just wanted you to kind of have an understanding that there are things you might be able to do that are relatively simple that can um, help you adapt the boat to have you know a few comfortable seabirds, depending on how many people you've got on board and what sort of setup you've got to get into. Now the other side of this is, I just want to flag. I've, uh, we've got content, um, you know, in the courses, podcasts, and ABB TV, looking at watch systems and some of the kind of elements around that. So that's really not the focus of today. It is more about kind of where where you lay your head for a rest um, and also just some of the things to think about while while you might be uh, catching a few Z's as they say. So first of all let's have a look at how secure a seabirth is. Now you know if you, if you look right back to traditional times there was a, uh, a very good reason that births started very basic I mean aside from the fact that you know on the old-fashioned warships they had to get all the hammocks out of the way so they could turn them into gun decks but also you know the hammocks are um, not necessarily great for your back in general but they from a being at sea perspective why they were so popular is because they were gimbaled and they had high sides and they were relatively secure and um, as we've gone on yeah it has to be a pretty pretty big boat I, I, there's not many things I haven't seen on a boat yet but I haven't I haven't been on a modern day cruising boat that's got um, hammocks set up down below. So if you've got one, send me a picture. <laughs> I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to include that in one of my presentations. Um, but 
really the, the whole thing that you want, you know, motor, sail, whatever kind of activity you're doing is that you really want to be secure when you're um, when you're going out for a nap. And and the reason I sort of started with this is because often when you look at the design stage of a boat, um, you're generally looking at, um, you know, trying to get the maximum number of kind of double bed or double occupancy beds around, which can be great for um, when you're living aboard and hanging out, but not always uh, ideal when you're kind of rolling from one side to the other. Um, I've, I've certainly seen many, um, many an owner uh, have the master berth of the king bed that they've uh, they've then asked if they can uh, trade into one of the bunk rooms uh, if if the weather gets a bit rough. So I mean, absolute one hundred one basics. You know, the less distance you can roll, probably the more comfortable you'll be. And the other thing is the closest that you can be to the kind of the midpoint, like the centre of gravity. Then the less you're going to be affected by the pitch and roll of the boat. So. And I mean that goes all the way back to obviously like the um, the original passenger ships where that was how they would sort of work out where they put the, uh, the the most expensive cabins and then they would kind of gradually distribute everything out after that. So try and if you're you know if you're looking around and your boat's not already kind of got obvious places to set up bunks and what can often be ideal is to look at a scenario where you're setting up seabirds in in the middle of the boat, which is often ends up actually being kind of around the saloon area. Now, the one of the trouble or problem points that you can come up against, be it if you've got dedicated bunks or you've got you know your only option is double beds or you know there's there's no real way of making a bed secure in in the middle of the boat, then you can actually be quite clever with things like removable. Um, tracks that can go or securing points that can go kind of under cushions in the in the saloon in the in, in the middle uh, of the boat or, or or obviously between cushions and further you know in, in the main cabins and then sort of setting up if there's options for example with uh, like good quality stainless steel you know fold away pad eyes you can often set them up so they can if not be completely invisible then practically invisible or you know that they you know they're only used where they're when a cushion is moved or something, so that you you can kind of basically looking at we've talked about this before for other um, safety passage making considerations, but having in mind that you might well be kind of doing a pretty substantial conversion of the boat if you're going to be at sea doing overnight passages uh, compared to how you might be set up for your normal kind of day hanging out cruising mate. Now, if you can make things disappear, you know you can also you can. Um, there are products that you can buy that are what's called a lee cloth. So that's just it's it's really just a securing cloth, um, like a bit of fabric. They get you can get them made or you can um you can actually buy them off the shelf relatively inexpensively. Um and they're um they're something which can be kind of just set up to hold you because usually if you think, especially if you convert something like a saloon uh sofa, then you've already probably got the cushions on the bottom, you've already got the cushions on where your back would go so then you just need something to stop you rolling out the other side and then pretty well set up from there and um, some people like them adjustable sometimes people like to be able to have them kind of rigged all the time it really does vary and it's, it's probably harder in you know this um new environment that we're in but traditionally you used to talk about doing something called hot bunking 
um, which basically hot bunk as in it, you know you get in it and it's still hot from when the last person was there um, for the two or three best best most comfortable spots on board uh, and they may vary depending on the sea conditions I mean anyone that's ever tried to bash into a sea while sleeping in the foredeck would know that it's or not on the foredeck but in the forward peak would know it's pretty horrendous so um, uh, you know the, depending on the temperature of the sea state if you've got engines running uh, the angle of the kind of the, the swell on the seas onto the boat will all, all make big differences to you on uh, where you where you can kind of set up a berth and, and how that works and whether or not they're kind of dedicated or, or they get rotated around. Now, within this, the other thing, I mean, the world's kind of come on and on in a massive way for the access to navigation. I mean, I, I remember the first time I had um, just really simple, but just a... Uh, rotational um, instrument repeater that could give me the depth and the basic stuff, you know, bearing to waypoint, cross-track area while I was in my bunk. It was amazing that you could have all this information without having to keep getting up and checking it. Um, now, obviously, like, you can have so much on a tablet um, or repeating next to you. It's important to make sure that you're comfortable with having alarms set up, but also just with humans, you know, making sure that you've got um, like really clear standing orders. One of the things I um, push and would encourage you to adopt is the more you wake me up, the better I'll sleep. Let's explore that for a minute. The more you wake me up, the better I'll sleep. And the concept is if I can trust that you're going to wake me up whenever I have specified whatever your standing orders might be uh, for you know collision avoidance, weather changes, change in visibility, sea state, um, waypoint arrival you, you, it's when we go through it's a massive amount of detail particularly in the yacht master course so i am um, i don't going to try and do a whole passage burning presentation in a seabird podcast but um once you've got your standing orders set up it's really important people understand that you need them to actually follow those and one of the biggest uh, misunderstandings for a particularly inexperienced crew is they are they think that you need sleep. Obviously, we're all human, we need sleep. But they don't understand that actually when you're in charge, the more they can wake you up and disturb you and make you comfortable that they've got a handle on situations and obviously that you discover that they actually had got a handle on the situation. You don't find yourself being awoken by five short blasts and uh, glancing out to uh, see the anchor of a container ship just above you, God forbid. Um, so... It's really key, this stuff, you know, it's not just about where you're sleeping, but also that you're comfortable that you can be completely engaged in the boat. Um, look, I don't know what worked for everyone. I used, I, annoyingly, actually, it's died away a bit now, but I used to have this phenomenal thing where, depending on how bad the uh, weather was, I actually had managed to train my body to know how deep a sleep I could get into. It, the reason I said it was amazing was when I then went back to the UK to visit family, I could climb into my sleeping bag liner and my body knew I wasn't wearing wet weather gear and I was in a sleeping bag liner and I could sleep and I'd literally just climb into it on a tarmac in Sydney and wake up somewhere in the middle of the world halfway home. So, I mean, that took a lot of time to get to, but really um, you, you might find, for example, that getting used to like your body knowing that if you're in certain clothing or depending on kind of how ready for bed you get, that, that's how deep a sleep you can get into, then that can work quite well. 
the other side of things, and I've got to tell you about my, my good old mate, Seth. He, he cracked me up once when um, I met him when I first moved to Australia. And he um, he passed his shop masters, um, uh, which I'd helped him with, and we became great mates and did a, a huge amount of sailing together. And he, um, when he passed his yacht master, his auntie was overjoyed and bought him a very, very special watch that um, uh, that was kind of linked to the name. And um, and then we were doing all these trips, and he said, "No, you know, the funny thing is, I've got this amazing watch, and it can, yeah, it can do all these things. It can practically cook a cup of tea for me." This is before we all knew about Apple watches. But actually, all I really needed was an alarm, and so he had this incredibly expensive watch back in his um, his kind of crew house, and then was you know had his basic uh, twenty dollar Casio like I've got, so we could set an alarm and wake up. Now, alarm clocks are really crucial. I mean, you you might depend on other people for getting up, but you kind of do need that stopgap as well that you know that if people don't wake you up, that you will be able to wake up. I mean, that has a bit of a bearing on depend. Yeah, how responsible you are. I mean, ultimately, you're the skipper, you're responsible. So if, if the buck stops with you, you can't not wake up because someone didn't wake you up. You need to be all over that. But, you know, likewise, if you've got the uh, lovely position of just being a crew member and it's not all on you, then, you know, maybe you can just chill out and rely on someone waking you up. But that that's kind of important. But also, going back to where you put the seabirds, I really want you to try and um, think about if there's a way that you can be connected with the rest of the boat and, you know, part of this is, is tricky when people are first learning all of this kind of overnight multi-day passages is ventilation, you know, we can't open hatches at sea, it's really dangerous, could, you know, could cause a, you know, flooding issues, could cause irreparable damage that leads to flooding issues, there's a massive problem. So. If we can't open hatches, um, and I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations about the fact that no, we, we really can't, um, then we need to find out ways of getting airflow. And actually, um, it's worth thinking about something called positive ventilation. So really simple, but basically just trying to set up um, fans, particularly like 12 volt, 24 volt, depending on what, what setup your boat's got. So that one fan actually leads to another, and I've done this on heaps and heaps of boats, and it's actually really not that difficult. Um, but you can set up fans either in the lighting circuit or their own circuit, deliberately placed so that in the areas where you're planning to have the seabirds, you can actually help move the air around, and it can make the most phenomenal difference. I mean, the good quality fans are a couple of hundred bucks, um, which it isn't nothing, but um, you know, if you haven't slept for three days because you're sweating and you're practically hallucinating, then most people probably pay two hundred dollars for a decent sleep. So give it some thought, um, and it's massively overlooked in um, cooler climates, warmer climates. It's kind of obvious you just borderline can't survive without it. But um, it's worth thinking about. You know, it's, uh, particularly if you come from areas where you use air conditioning, that comes all. I mean obviously great if you've got air conditioning on the boat, but it comes with all sorts of headaches, you know, normally you've got to have the generator running, which is noisy, it's using fuel, and, you know, it's not always perfect for, or conducive to a, a great sleep at sea, whereas um, some simple kind of um, low voltage um, fans that are, you know, possibly silent, they can be really powerful, and if you can position them around the boat so that the sort of the airflow from one feeds into another. It's amazing how effective you can be to um, actually help cool the boat down and make it a lot more comfortable. 
with our team with Seaverse is, yeah, it's the old saying, you know, there's a place for everything and everything has its place. And you, you need to be thinking about how can people store the stuff that they take off so it doesn't get damaged, it doesn't get lost, it doesn't become a trip hazard, it doesn't drive you crazy if you're like me and you do like things that have their place and every time you look down below there's people's stuff everywhere um but you've got to help with that you can't just kind of get annoyed with people and say where did you put it you know you need to have a place for them if you don't have anywhere for people to put their boots or um deck shoes when they take them off to go to sleep then you can't be annoyed that you keep finding them on the floor so try and have a think you can make stuff really simple you know even just things like um uh, you know, reusable shopping bags that can be dedicated to a person. They're easy to move around, they're big enough to hold a bit of kit. Um, but, like, if you call, like, all hands on deck, you don't want people blundering around below decks trying to turn all the lights on, lose their night sight, can't find life jackets, aren't arriving on deck. You know, can, to not put too fine a point on it, can turn into a bit of a nightmare. So, actually thinking about how is a bigger picture that's going to work? Where's the sea berth? How do I make it secure? How do people know if it's for me, when to wake me up, and what standing orders are? And within that, where do all the things go that I might need, or that the other crew members might need at a moment's notice to make this all work? And final thought was what I mentioned about making sure that for your kind of passage planning implementation that you've got really good access to that and that knowledge. Now we really, you know, we really get into this sort of higher level stuff when you're looking at your uh, your master passage planning and um, and if any of you've got any questions, you know where I am. Always happy to help. Thanks very much for listening. Bye.